This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to a brand new season of the Back of the Nest Match Report. I'm your host Mike and joining me are Patrick O'Connor and Councillor Chris Clark of the Parish of Fairfield as we look at a new season and assess the opening day defeat at buzzing Selhurst in the Patrick Vieira derby. Let's start with a few words from the panel, shall we? Patrick, how have you been? How have you dealt with the summer? Give us a bit of an update. Been very good. Played a little golf. Um, it's very, very hot over here right now. Very, very hot. So I'm trying to deal with the heat. But that aside, I've been very, it's been a very good summer. Very good. Yeah, it's it's the fact that it's even hot in Hastings means it must be absolutely roasting where you are. So yeah, failure on that. And Chris, obviously I have seen you, but for the uh, for the benefit of those people listening, how have you been? Yeah, not too bad. I mean, you know, a few changes since the end of, end of the season, but still very much living in Croydon. Uh, so living the dream, um, and it was fantastic to be back at Selhurst and back in the pubs before and after the game. Um, you know, we play hard and we celebrate whether we win or we lose. And you know, it was good to see some old faces um, back there. And we'll we'll talk about the action, of course, as we go. But yeah, no, it's um, it's good good to have football back. I mean, it didn't really go with the Euros, did it? I was I was lucky enough to uh, to go to the quarter final. The game against Spain, um, and even more luckily, they put us in the away end because I wasn't very happy about the thought of sitting in a Brighton seat. It was at the Amex, uh, but I got to sit pretty much where I have for a couple of games when we've been there away. So uh, that's all good. Let's not talk about that team beating United. Let's just uh, let's let's gloss over that. Uh, I don't think we're bottom of the league now, are we? So let's, uh, let's, let's ignore that. Let's talk about some Palace news. I mean, obviously, there's absolutely shed loads. So if you want to cover stuff back, I know, I know the preview guys did a, a pretty good cover of what's happened. I don't think we've particularly discussed, for example, Richards. Um, but we, we'll start with the women's squad. So there was 15 new announcements. Um, you know, it tends to happen... Um, mainly on the back of the fact that the, the, the players are, or up until recently anyway, are um, semi-professional. So, you know, their, their contracts are never particularly long. Um, but we'll just go over the people that have joined. Especially, I think they're going to have the biggest season they've had um, after the after the Women's Euros, etc., etc. So, Fran Kitchen's joined as a keeper. Floss Gibbons has joined from Brighton as left-back. We'll cover that in a minute. Chloe Arthur in midfield, Anna Philby in midfield, 
Chloe Peplow in midfield, Rihanna Dean from Liverpool, who um, that's that's they just got promoted, so that's a good signing. Annabelle Blanchard, Kirstein Riley, uh, N- Natalia Negri as a, as a backup keeper, Paige Bailey Gale forward, Holly Olden defender, Ellie Noble midfielder, Elisa Hughes as a forward from Charlton, so a serious step up. Polly Duran all the way from Melbourne, and Shauna Guyett. Um, they've all joined, and uh, unfortunately, the uh, there was a, a few hours of um, retweets and stuff before a Brighton um, account found some homophobic and racist comments. Um, historically, from Fliss Gibbons' um, Twitter account, her Twitter account's been removed, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, but let's bear in mind the reaction that Czech Huarte's got for his comments recently. So um, I think she's going to have to do a, quite a lot to turn the Palace faithful round. But um, yeah, the good news is there's games that are going to be at Sellers. The first game of the season isn't, but I, I think the second and third are. So make sure you're on the, the, the website and check out what days you can go. Um, if you can get to Hayes, great stuff. But the fact is at Selhurst, that'll be good. Um, quick, quick thought from you guys on the uh, on the summer and, and the Euros and winning it and stuff, um, Patrick. How, how, I mean, presumably in the states now they're not that worried. They probably still think that England are miles behind. But um, how was it over there in terms of coverage? Coverage was great. They had it on um, ESPN, I guess. Had it had it live, so I watched all the games, not just the England games. Um, my daughter, you know, played football, which is great. You know, she's mid-twenties now, so when I coached her. So I've always been into, you know, um, football from the women's side, which is great. And um, USA, as I'm sure you know, USA team over here is, has always been really good. It's actually been much better than the men's team winning the World Cup, the Olympics, etc. So it was fun to watch. I was really, really happy. Honestly, I, it wasn't, I wasn't happy, let's say, when the men would have won it. But I'm not going to lie, I was very, very into the Euros and very, very into that game. But that first goal um, was absolutely one of the best goals I've ever seen in the final. Chip the goal like that was absolutely fantastic. I mean, honestly, that was yeah. people don't talk about that goal enough. That was a brilliant goal. It really, really was. Pretty coolly taken, wasn't it? Pretty it really was. Taken, and, yeah. and you know, and that under the circumstance, and then the winning goal. You know, the scramble and extra time was great. And then taking the shirt off, which you know, I've seen that happen over. That was done over here um, by an American way back in the World Cup final. So it was, it was fun. I really, really enjoyed it, Mike. I enjoyed the entire uh, tournament. It was fun. Yeah, and, and Chris, quick thought from you. Well, the big thought from me on it is that I watched the final with my family, including my uh, niece, and afterwards she said, uh, when are we going to football next? So, you know, that served its purpose as far as I'm concerned. You know, if we have young girls and women who, you know, now want to show more interest and also, frankly, you know, other people showing interest in the women's game as well, then that's a fantastic thing. And the, the tournament served its purpose and it now needs to be a platform for something better. I'm looking for, I've never been to a Palace women's game, but I'm looking forward to doing that this season. Um, hope to see some of the listeners there. Do shout out if you're coming, you know, tag us on back on the back of the nest Twitter and say you're coming and we'll see you there. Well, so one of the, the million things that I think has come out of this and I, I it only hit me uh, after they'd won it, but um, it, it looks like Palace have immediately took everything more seriously. Uh, it doesn't look like there's clashes with the men's game, which is something we've we've gone on about for a couple of years. Um, so it, it's a good sign. Um, my six-year-old daughter wanted to come, which came to Montpellier. 
Um, she's adamant she wants to go to one of the women's games and she's adamant her brother isn't joining us. So excellent, excellent stuff. Um, yeah, and let's uh, let's go on to a slightly weird, low-key um, Benteke leaving. Um, just kind of came up. I, I, I think I, I remember saying it to you in the ground before the game, Chris, and because it was just before um, the Arsenal game, you hadn't even seen the news because you'd been in the pub. Um, from what I've heard, it was 6.3 million. I don't know if that's just been plucked out of the air and, and people were moaning, but, you know, the man's not got a particularly long contract left. Um so, I mean, it, to me, it seems like a great, a great addition for the MLS. Uh, I think he'll, he'll, sure, he'll score plenty of goals over there. Um, he's, I'm sure he'll be excited to work with Wayne Rooney as well. Um, yeah, let's let's quickly talk about your favourite Benteke memories. Uh, just your absolutely favourite one from each year, Chris. I mean, as you've asked me first, I think I've won because I get to say the last minute Brighton winner, um, smash and grab. Um, yeah, there there are a lot actually, because he scored some great goals for us. Um, I love the player. Um, you know, yes, he he didn't always perform um, at the highest level, um, or the level he was capable of for us. But I think he'll be a miss, and I think we will um, miss the option he gave in terms of hold-up play at the moment. I don't think we've got anyone like that. Well, let's let's talk about the upsides, though, first, shall we? Uh, Patrick, Patrick, give me, give me your absolute favourite memory. <laughs> The uh, the goal against Chelsea when he sits down the Chelsea goalkeeper and kind of chips over him is brilliant. I mean, not many strikers can can be that composed to score a goal like that. And if I would have put another, can I just put another one in there because it's a it's a Brighton memory. They're doing so well right now. Of course, is the um the reaction after the IU goal when he cups his ears and runs towards the crowd. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. that's fantastic. So those are my two favorite memories for Ben Tech. I And I'm gonna miss him just real quickly. Um. I'm concerned about the timing of it. Um, I understand him wanting to leave. I get all that. Wanted to get into the Belgium squad. Coming over here, he had been in America. Good for him. You know, DC United is not a very good team, but he'll score tons of goals here. I just think the timing's poor, and I just think we're going to have a problem replacing him. And I would hate for Eduardo Mateta to get injured at any point the next couple of weeks because we'd be in big trouble. But we'll get on. I, th- I think there's a couple of listener comments from that, so I'm sure we'll get to that. Yeah. yeah. Um, f- for me, I'm p- I'm pretty sure it was him that scored the goal against Liverpool that meant Sacco celebrated with him uh, when Sacco <laughs> yeah. was still a Liverpool player. So that definitely, but mainly, it's the addition of Jonathan Benteke as part of his contract when he signed, and to just <laughs> see the t- the ten minutes of Jonathan Benteke do absolutely nothing chasing the ball around at Selhurst. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Tekka, sir, you will be missed. Uh, Parrish, with a comment, uh, he said, he's someone I've enjoyed a great relationship with and he's shown incredible loyalty staying with the club when he could easily have taken other options. We all wish him all the best with the next stage of his career. I uh, will add that probably on the wages he was on, I'm not sure that's entirely true, but um, I know he, t- he took a pay cut to stay and he wanted to prove himself and I think it'd be hard to argue that he didn't. Um, I've got a comment from producer Sam's dad that she's asked me to share. She's got two comments for the pod. The first one, a stat from producer Sam's dad is that uh, Palace are yet to score a goal since Benteke left. So there you go. There you go. Uh, Absolutely true. true. Absolutely true. Um, Yeah, and just just a couple of things to remind you of. So um, they're not really time-specific. So, um, you know, while we're just getting back into the swing of things, we, we did a massive two-parter on the end of last season, a big, long interview uh, with Dean. Um, 
the Palace women manager, and then a load of questions with Matt Wisdom from the Athletic. They're still up, um, and also things have been going from strength to strength on YouTube. DR's been everywhere. BT Sport had him doing a lie detector test with a Brighton fan the other day. Um, it's great. I, it was good to catch up with him at the game. So make sure that you uh, you get onto YouTube. Just subscribe. He's always putting stuff up there. Um, the pods are always on Spotify as well, Apple Podcasts, wherever wherever you usually go. But just please leave us some reviews. There's there's more and more Palace pods. I know when this first started, there was basically FYP and ourselves. There's a million now, so um, please just just do leave a review and just it just helps us get away from the throng a little bit. Um, it, it means a lot. Um, None of us do it for any kind of money or anything like that. Um, it's just just for the love of Palace. All right, let's get to the game. And obviously, we can't really um, talk about the game without talking about the display. So we're going to have to probably bow to to you uh, here, Patrick, because essentially Chris and myself are in Block A, uh, and we were just provided with some bits of coloured paper. Um, so we were basically underneath some blue paper. Uh, so I've only seen the photos from outside, but. Um, how did it look? How did it sound on the TV? Um, and also, I don't think that NBC that did the match showed it pre-match. I don't remember seeing it. Oh, I'm gonna, I, yeah, no, I didn't. No, I'm oh, not going to say they. I'm not going to say they didn't see it. Show it. I, th- I didn't see it. Honestly, I didn't see it, Mike. Oh. Sorry, until it was on Twitter. Someone put it up. I, I never saw the display, so I apologize. But I'm not going to watch the game back because we lost. I usually watch the games back after, obviously, because. Uh, you know, to enjoy it. I'm not going to watch that game back, but I'm sorry. I wish I could give you, I know it was shown, but I must've just missed it. Cause I didn't remember seeing anything. So I went on Twitter. It looked good from what I saw on Twitter, but honestly, my friend, I did not see it live. I apologize. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Well, um, you know, there's, but there's been some, there's been some great reaction to it. Um, and, and apparently there was a, a plane flown over as well. Wasn't there, Chris? There was, um, yeah, the one. Uh, let's be so let's this, be let's be careful with what we say, um, but we I think people know our opinions. So yeah, I'd well, be careful yeah. with what we say. So don't worry, I'm, I, I'm fairly confident that I can uh, navigate this one. So um, the the plane that flew over um, said, "Keep rapists off the pitch," which I think is a sentiment that I would hope that all our listeners and indeed all all people would uh, be on board with. Um, and this related to the uh, case of Thomas Party, who has not been charged with rape. Um, there was an accusation, um, and uh, yeah, let's let's just say here it's, it's, it's allegations at this point. Yeah, exactly. Well, and it sounds like that is it. You know, no further action is going to be taken. Um, if if such an allegation was made against one of our players, I wouldn't be very happy with them continuing to play um, at all full stop for our club and uh, some of the Arsenal fans seem to think the same way which is good Um, although apparently there were also uh, examples of Arsenal uh, supporters singing he shags who he wants at Norwood Junction Station on Friday which is uh, nothing short of disgraceful and I think that's all that we need to say really Uh, there was a lot of dislike for party shown from our end of the ground and rightly so yeah, so and any comments we make on our own Twitter pages um, obviously don't reflect the thoughts of everyone on here. But uh, yeah, we'll leave that there. Somebody paid a, a fair amount of money. So that, that's before the game. And also before the game, the other thing that producer Sam texted me to ask me to say 
Um, and this is the most proactive he's, she's ever been with uh, <laughs> discussion of the, of the game. Um, she asked that we discuss uh, Mark Gay as captain. And um, yeah, I was a little bit shocked. Um, but it's, it's, uh, to me, it's no bad thing. Let's, let's get your thoughts. Uh, start with you, Patrick. I think he's been a good captain. I think that was his first loss as a captain since last season. I'm pretty sure he didn't lose a game last season with him as captain. And if you know, we know his background. He captained England on the 21s. I like his temperament. He's calm. He's collected. He's a leader. So I have no problem with him as captain. Without Luca and Macca on the pitch, I can't think of another person. I'd, I'd probably pick Wilf, but I don't think Wilf is really captain material, honestly. I like him as a captain, but I don't think he would go over. I don't think he really wants to be captain, honestly. So I think uh, Gahey's a pretty good choice right now. Chris? Well, frankly, I, I agree with what Patrick said. Um, Gay's a leader and experienced captain from you know, what he's done with the under-21s. And you know he's likely to be you know, pr- pretty much an ever-present in our team unless he's injured. So a very sensible pick. You know, I mean, it's, it's good practice to have a centre-back or a centre-midfield as your, as your captain because they can diffuse messages around the team as required. Uh, Wilf who is a leader, but is a leader of a different kind. It doesn't need any extra pressure put on him. I, I think you're absolutely right, Patrick. Um, good choice of captain. I mean, Zahar's not going to get himself out of the heated situation, is he? Um, and that's absolutely correct. For me, a central defender is is always the obvious choice for a captain. And for, for me, if, they, if there's no Jimmy Mack on the pitch, and let's bear in mind, Luca came on and I thought we had a decent game, but... Um, it would it would be Gay or Anderson for me anyway. Um, yeah, absolutely no issues with that. Be interesting to see um, what other people think about that. Maybe put a poll up on Twitter and ask. Um, yeah, I, I mean we'll talk about Luca because uh, he got <clears throat> he got some pelters when he came on from the people standing around around me. But um, first half, you know, it was tough. I don't think we need to particularly relive the first twenty minutes. Um, you know, I've heard match of the day talk sport talk about it. Let's let's be honest. Arsenal have absolutely swept all teams aside in pre-season. Um, they do look good, um, but I think we possibly had a, just looked a little bit undercooked early on. Uh, what what do you think caused it? I mean, open, open to the floor on that one. Frankly, it's the same problem as last year. Poor preparation and for the set pieces, you can't have someone unmarked when a corner's being taken. And that's what happened. That's how we conceded. Otherwise, while we weren't exactly on the front foot, I don't think that they particularly dominated. I don't think they looked particularly dangerous. And especially after their, after their goal, they, for me, I mean, the highlights package was two minutes on the club website. Uh, now, obviously, you know, I mean, you're not going to show many highlights from a defeat, especially when you've only not had that many chances. But, uh, you know, we matched them in terms of the number of shots taken. I, I, I just felt it was, a, it was a fairly level game, but they were slightly sharper and that, that's ultimately it. And I suppose one factor is going to have to be acknowledged is having the squads not together for pre-season. You know, we decided to chase the money and, have a pre-season tour abroad. Understandable, but may not have worked out for us on this occasion. See, and uh, I had this discussion with Dee um, on the YouTube channel post-match, and I'm not going to buy into the lack of preparation necessarily because 
we had two great chances in that match, um, maybe three. So there's a, there's the Edward chance at one nil. He's got to score that header, and there's as a chance at still one nil, I believe. Yeah, still one nil that he missed. If we put the chances away, we either win two one or we get the two two draw, and it's a different narrative. Now again, um, the reason I'm not going to buy into the uh, the split squad thing is because I actually thought that um, having a split squad was a good thing from the standpoint of. Um, players getting minutes to play, seeing some of the youngsters play and like building um, relationships. Now, for instance, Schlupp, Decore and Eze did not go to Singapore and Australia. And that was our starting midfield. And they did not play well on uh, Friday. That's not an excuse saying that they weren't, they went all the way to Australia or Singapore. They were poor. I mean, I thought Schlupp was pretty non-existent. I thought Decore actually played well, especially his first game. But Eze did not play well. He wasn't on the ball enough. So though I would like to say it was due to preparation. I just, I'm not buying that. Now, if we continue to lose the next three or four matches, I will change my mind and say, you're right, preparation was poor. I just think that was down to getting our chances. And the VR said, our post-match, not taking our chances. And again, as Chris said, rightly so, that first goal was abysmal as far as the marking. I don't know what Wilf was doing and how Zinchenko is getting a free header to knock it back to Martinelli, also a very small player. But I think it's like they always say in football, small margins. If we score those two chances we get that we got, we should, that could have been a different different game. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't thought about it that much, but it, it was a bit of a throwback to the first sort of fifteen games of last season, wasn't it? With the marking, um, yep. I'm sure it'll give them a, an absolute rocket. Um, the thing for me was Arsenal uncharacteristically strong um, and in flooding the midfield. You know they. Traditionally, Arsenal with the last sort of six, seven years, uh, it's just the one thing they haven't done. So, um, for all the pelters part he's getting, he was, uh, he's pretty good at stopping that. And in the end, it was, um, the reason that we were getting forward and, and working quickly was the long balls from Joachim Anderson, um, just bypassing them totally. Um, and, I think that was one of the, the reason we were breaking so quickly was just we, we weren't bothering playing in the midfield, but they were immense. Um, and I don't think we particularly had the answers. But I also don't think there'll be that many uh, teams that will test us in, in quite the same way. Um, yeah, I mean, let's, let's, let's pick apart the, the good parts. You, you've mentioned the players that, that maybe didn't do too well. Um, as a... That was a, a glaring chance, and I think a few people haven't forgiven him for it, but it's also some great goalkeeping. Um, but I thought IU looked threatening uh, in the second half. Zahar did his thing. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what were the good points going forward? But, I mean, bearing in mind we didn't score a goal. But... I, I thought, um, as you just said, I thought uh, Zaha played well, especially towards the second half. The ball that he played into Eze for that chance was brilliant <laughs> people under, un, underestimate how good of a pass that would especially if he scores that goal um again I thought Decore first game was was was, was good um you know it's his first game in the Premier League he's his work ethic is brilliant I think he breaks the lines he passes the ball forward if you know you're gonna know you're gonna notice a big difference between him and Czech uh Kuyate, as far as the way that he gets the ball forward quicker I thought Anderson played really well the diagonals to uh both Wilf and Ayu were brilliant I mean really opened up the um Arsenal uh, defense, but I will say again, Mike. You mentioned about Arsenal. To me, the difference between us and Arsenal from last season is is, is really two players. Um, Gabriel Jesus was absolutely a pain the entire game. He sets up Martinelli for that first yes. chance. 
dropped into midfield, yeah. dragging, you know, Gehi with him. You know, he's, he, you know, you can't play a high line because he'll run behind. Last year, Lacazette could not do that. And William Saliba, Jesus Christ, that <laughs> William Saliba is a heck. I don't know why he was on loan for two years. He is a Rolls Royce of a defender. And he also, without him, we score. We have to score goals because last year, again, they had, um, well, I guess it was Ben White was playing more century last year, right, with, um, with uh, Gabrielle. But William Saliba was so good. So I think that those two additions made it a big difference. I mean, it really come down again. I'll go back to that. I'm going to keep saying small margins. If we get those two chances and we put them away, we didn't have a lot of them. It's a different game. But, you know, again, we didn't deserve to get anything out of it necessarily. But had we scored those two goals or those two chances, it's a different game. But there were definitely things to look forward to, some, you know, some positives. But I just think that overall, we just came again, came across a team that was just more on it all game on Friday. Yeah, yeah. It, to me, it had echoes of uh, Chelsea at the start of last season. Chris? I mean, the one thing I will disagree with Patrick on and... You know, we have obviously have a very different view. If if you're in the stadium and you're um, constantly um, having to uh, clap and sing and jump up and down, you're maybe not analysing the game as effectively as you might be able to. Um, and and I will suggest that, that um, a couple of beverages were consumed as well before and after. That's definitely true. Um, so that that therefore that's a necessary health warning on the comment I'm about to make. Now you can't judge a player on one performance, uh, certainly not on their debut for a team. I was expecting far better from Decore. I just I just didn't see what he brought in terms of quality. Um, I was expecting it to be a big step up and it didn't feel like that to me. Now, that could also be a, a, a verdict on the players around him. As, as you said, uh, Patrick, neither uh, Schlupp um, nor Eze particularly performed effectively we might be saying different things if so if those chances had gone in perhaps but ultimately the midfield didn't work for whatever reason that was and for me I think the thing that made a big difference was see it when Luca came on um, as you've hinted uh, Mike there was some negativity towards him uh, coming on but actually I thought he had the best game I've seen him have albeit you know a late appearance Best performance I've seen him give in a Palace shirt for two years. So it was really nice to see that. And I think, you know, there'll be a battle for that shirt, actually, unless uh, unless the midfield starts performing more effectively and linking up. Because I, I thought Luca looked great uh, in this game and I'd like to see him play in the next one. So um, I know stats can tell a story or not, but just want to throw something out there for you, Chris. Um, Decore on Friday, had 38 touches, which is less than both Schlupp and Eze. But he had five recoveries, and he had a 94% accuracy passing. He misplaced two passes. But again, again, it's a short, it's only 75 minutes, it's his first game, but I'm telling you right now, because I've seen him play, you're going to see a massive difference between him and other players in that position we played. That would be Luca or Kyoto. You're going to see a player who's going to... Uh, break up plays and make accurate passes going forward, not sideways and backwards more than anybody else. But like I said, it was his first game on, on Friday. You know, he's got a lot more to show, but I'm telling you right now, you're going to see a lot out of him. And again, um, you know, we'll see, you know, we'll see exactly um, what, what he has going the next, you know, the next uh, eight, nine, ten games. Looking forward to it. I, you know, I mean, like I say, it was uh, an, a reaction based on, how it felt in the ground, which you know may, certainly doesn't reflect those stats, 
which indicates right. that you know perhaps my judgment isn't right, and that's absolutely fine. I, I really hope I'm wrong about that, and that he turns out to be the, a breakthrough star. It, all, everyone was very excited about him. Your feedback there, based on what you watched in the game, with the benefit of perspective and based in numeric evidence, suggests that I'm not right about that, and I really hope that's the case. Yeah, and I mean. That, that we're going to leave for the listener comments a little bit about um, comparisons of the midfield to uh, to last season and Gallagher as well, because naturally enough, he's still a major point of discussion. Um, just going to give some stats, really. Quite surprising. We had 10 shots, they had 11. Uh, we had nine from open play and they had eight. So really, there wasn't a great deal in it in terms of um, going forward. I, I think it, it, it felt more one-sided than it was just because um, of the first 20, 25 minutes when we were absolutely destroyed. And we'd done a 2-0 victory over people before. They're pushing for an equaliser, go at the other end with a couple of minutes to go and score a second. Um, and we'd been given we'd been giving them quite a lot of stick. Um, and I'll tell you something, Aaron Ramsdale we'd really, really rolled him up because he was, uh, yeah, the only time I've seen a reaction like that was um, was Kasper Schmeichel with, with the uh, usual <laughs> with the usual <laughs> chant that we all know that I'm not allowed to <laughs> repeat. Um, but yeah, so I mean, there's a couple of questions that you've, you've, you've wanted to raise both of you. So I'll talk about uh, the forwards for a minute and you mentioned about Benteke being off and that's going to come up in the, in the listener comments too. But Patrick, you said, uh, how many matches do we give Edward um, at forward? So, presumably, you mean, um, how many has he got to start? Um, do you want to, yeah, expand on, expand on your thoughts. Right. So, um, I'm all for giving Edward a, a run of games, you know, start of the season. The issue is we have a very, uh, very tough start of the season. You guys know we have, you know, Liverpool, Man City, Brentford, Brighton, whatever it is, something like that. Um, Villa, I guess, in the first five or six games. So, I see a lot of people from last season saying, you know, the best striker or best forward of the team or on our is uh, is, is um Odson Edward. I haven't seen it. I haven't I saw it against Spurs, his first match was brilliant, the two goals, and since then he's had moments of, you know, quality play, but just consistently hasn't been up. For me, Mateta's better as um, you know, in the system. Um we win when he plays up a striker, etc. So I'm all for giving Edward, let's say, the first six, seven matches. But he has to produce, Mike and Chris. He has to produce because if he doesn't, you've got to go to Mateta. But after that, if they both don't produce, there's no Benteke now. So what do we do? Is it Luke Plange? Now, for me, um, at least I know with Plange, we have three different styles of uh, of forwards. Plange is more of a, oh, I'm not going to compare him to, but he's more of a Michael Owen type. He's smaller, you know, quicker, etc. Edward loves the ball to his feet. He's got great feet. And, and Mateta is, a, you know, he's more physical, a little bit better hold-up play for me than Edward and, you know, better in the air. So we have three different types of forwards, but, you know, none of them are really experienced in the Premier League. You can give Mateta a little bit of, uh, you know, because he had a really good stretch from January to uh, the end of the season last year. Came on after he signed him permanently. But my concern with Edward is that he's coming from Celtic. It's his second season now, so I'm willing to give him. But you can't give him a lot of matches based on the fact we have a very, very tough start to the season. So if I'm Vieira, he has to start against Liverpool. You know, give him, you know, four or five matches. But if he doesn't produce, you have to go to Mateta. And that's what I'm going to say. And I hope he comes through. But I'm really worried about, you know, losing Benteke, our most experienced, you know, striker next to like a Wolf. No one on our team's ever got double digits in goals as a forward. 
uh, besides Wolf and, and uh, Benteke. You know, if uh, Edward doesn't start firing soon, we could be in trouble. Yeah, and I, I just don't think that Edward works as a number nine with the system that we play. Now, I, I think the best work that I've seen him do has been cutting in, usually from the left wing. There have been times where you know he's appeared to be being played as a striker, and then I've seen someone cutting in, and I've thought, who on earth is that? Because they're playing really well. I love the way that they're playing, but that's not a striker. Who is it? And then I've realised it's Edward. That's our striker cutting in from the left wing. So that's the way that he... That's where I see him doing his best work. He's running at players. And at the moment, that's not usually the, the way that we are playing football. So I think it's likely that we're going... I mean, I think you're absolutely right, Patrick. We've got to give him a chance in that role. But frankly, we've got to try playing the ball to his feet and giving him something to chase and run onto. And we may not be doing that. And unless we unless we start doing that, then it's going to be Mateta as the big man up front because that's the style that we've been playing and we're likely to continue to play unless there's a change that I haven't seen yet on the pitch. Yeah, I can't disagree, to be honest. The, the way that the balls came in from Ayu and Zahar, um, it's, it's to me more likely that Mateta's going to be on the end of it. But the beauty is both of them, I'd say, are in terms of how skillful they are. They've both got their own individual uh, skill sets, but um, I don't think either of them would be upset if they both had 40 minute, 45 minutes each in a game. Um, so it's good to know that there's two similar standard strikers because let's not forget there was periods where uh, Connor Wickham was injured that our major uh, threat up front was looking like it would be Scott Dan. So, um, yeah, it's not the worst situation to be in. I it's it's a shame about Benteke, but like you say, there's league plans. That I mean, there's even Rob Street if it comes to it in in the League Cup and that kind of thing. I suppose, and um, I wouldn't mind seeing Scott Banks uh, up front. I know he's an attacking midfielder, but um, yeah, quick uh, quick word on uh, Joachim Anderson. Somebody's put uh, man of the match for them. Um, I can't disagree with that. Looks like uh, who scored dot com agree with this as well. Best Palace ratings on the pitch. Um, the man's just, I mean, we've used the word Rolls-Royce before, but um, so he was so threatening as well as just being an absolute pillar. Quick thoughts on him, gents. And the thing is, though, Mike, is that not only was he really good with those long balls we know he's good at, he was actually very good defensively. And, and I think that's the thing people worry about him is that he's not a very good defender. But I thought he defended really well against um, Jesus and the threats of Martinelli cutting in and Saka. So... Credit to him. No, I thought he played really well. I mean, um, I like the Gehi-Anderson um, team. I have to admit, I thought Gehi had a poor match, which is a shame. He didn't necessarily, he didn't cost us a game, but I thought Gehi had one of his worst matches, which is a shame, like I said, because he's normally, of the two, whenever we talk about Anderson and Gehi, Gehi normally gets the the flowers, as it were. But I thought Anderson played really, really well on, on, on Friday. Yeah, I mean, Gehi can't be amazing every game, I suppose, can he? Um, and we'll, we'll close out on the game before we get to listener comments, Chris. Um, I'm assuming that's you that's put this in the uh, the show, Doc. Uh, how much of a disgrace was the ref? Uh, fire away. I've wound you up now. Uh, fire away, Christopher. Well, I was furious after the game. I, I felt that, uh, you know, every time and the ref... And during the game. Well, yeah, particularly and during, during the game. The game. Um, but... I felt that every time that he was given an opportunity to make a decision that was fair and in 
Palace's favour, he chose not to do it. And it, it felt like big club bias. Uh, I, I was, you know, frantic with anger at the time. And I'm always prepared with distance to acknowledge that um, drink and emotion can shape my uh, innate bias. In this case, I, I mean, I've found evidence uh, in the form of a tweet from Main Stand View. And if you, if you look Main Stand View up, you'll find uh, evidence of a penalty call that, for me, is just absolutely iron-cast. Um, you know, the, the player, the Arsenal player, moves his hand towards the ball if that, if, and, get, and gets the ball and the referee gives nothing. And that is exactly the kind of situation that, if it was Palace, guaranteed there would be a penalty to Arsenal, and the all the officials would be saying, applauding the ref for getting it absolutely right. Well, in this case, I'm not applauding; I'm doing the opposite, um, as I was at the time. And you know, I mean, it's 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 either deliberate bias or it's incompetence for me. And yeah, that 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 ref really for me was a disgrace. I hope we're not going to uh, be saying this you know, for 37 more games this season, but I have a horrible feeling that we are, uh, you know, you may agree or disagree, but it'll be, I'll be interested to see what, what others have to say and also what reaction we get from listeners as well. But, you know, did, did you see, I mean, I, I feel like a crime watch, you know, did you, did you see this man? Um, it, for me, it was just absolutely outrageous and, you know, it needs to be dealt with now. Yeah, um, the referee is Anthony Taylor, who's absolutely rubbish as a, as a referee. And the, you're talking about Chris's uh, handball by Gabriel. And at the time, I thought it was a handball too. And he went to VAR because everything goes to VAR now. I didn't understand that because you're absolutely right. If that's against Palace, they're calling it as a penalty every time. They are. Because they did it. They've done it before. Gahey's last year against Leeds. I mean, they call that kind of penalty. Or I don't understand why that wasn't a penalty. Based on even based on the review, I don't. And if he had called it, they wouldn't have. To, they wouldn't have overturned it. They claim they he was hand was in a natural position, but it hit his arm. Isn't that so? Again, but it's frustrating because, like I said, if that's against Palace, I guarantee it's getting called. So I'm with you, Chris. I mean, I saw it. I saw it live, and I saw the VAR check, and I'm watching the game. But I'm just telling you right now, if that is if he called that a penalty, would no one could have argued with it? And Arsenal fans who love to moan about you know calls against them would have would have done the same thing, but if that was against Palace, they would have been, oh yeah, how come that wasn't called against, you know, Joel Ward or Nathaniel Klein, whatever. That was a stonewall. That's I mean, that was a penalty. I don't know why that wasn't called. Yeah, I mean, let's not indulge of Arsenal fans. I got I got I got one death threat and uh one being called a racist um on Ooh. Friday evening. Yeah, all good. Um yeah, no, I just temper that by saying I've noticed I, I Get the impression that they've they've there's been a discussion pre-season that they want to speed up the VAR checks. I so agree. there was a penalty that, that was clearly should have been a penalty in the Brighton United game, um, and in a bid to speed up the VAR, they seem to have just knocked it on the head before properly going into it, and then they realised it should have been. So I'm I I think we were sort of going where the hell's the VAR? Um, it looks as though, and, and Carragher brought it up in, in comms in the, uh, on Soccer Sunday. So um, let's see how that goes. But, you know, he got VAR. We might as well use it properly. Um, although they haven't managed to do that in three years. So why, why would they start now? 
We're looking for a new sponsor for Back of the Nest, and that could be you. We're offering this prime advertising space on our podcasts and significant exposure across all of our channels, including YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. If you're interested, please email hi at backofthenest.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, gents. So, usual thing back for this season. If you've, if you've not listened to us before, uh, we basically ask some questions. We ask for comments and questions from listeners um we've had some listeners that have been doing it for years and years and years some people new to us with some comments and i've not seen their names before um we read them all we use them to shape the show so if we don't include it it doesn't mean don't write again as chances are you'll 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 get read out and we've included it already um but usual usual thing gents i'll ask you for a quick uh, a quick monologue on what they've said. So we're going to start with uh, Matthew O'Connor. Thank you very much, very much for getting in touch, Matthew. How much have we underestimated the Connor factor? Eze is not his replacement. We seem to forget how many points he actually contributed to us getting momentum from what he did for us, gave us our position in the table. So let's uh, l- l- let's temper that against the Decore comments. Quick thought from you, Patrick. Eze's not a number eight, he's a ten. So if you if you're watching, it's a different. We're playing a different system with a, a a number ten. We didn't do that last year, and we need to get past the Conor Gallagher thing. Listen, unless there's a firm link to us getting him back, he's not coming back. So we can talk about Conor Gallagher and how much we miss him. We have to move on from Conor Gallagher because he's not coming back. So we do need number eight. I agree with that. I don't think Jeffy Schlupp can do that job. Um, I like Schlupp, but I don't think he can do the job. But yeah, Connor was great last year. Loved him. He was brilliant. He's not leaving Chelsea to come back to Palace, barring some outrageous bid that we're going to make because we're desperate. I don't see that happening. So uh, we can do this every single week till the window closes. Connor Gallagher's not come back to Palace. So we need a number eight. I agree with that. He he was great last season. Um, don't compare him to Eze because Eze's not a number eight. He's a, he's a 10. Compare him to Schlupp if you want. Or if Jairo ever gets a chance, which does not like that happen or... Whatever, but he's, he's you know he's not coming back. So um, I'm I'm getting a little frustrated about the Connor stuff because, like I said, he was great for us. He's not coming back. We've got to move on. We need to find someone to replace him. I agree with that, but I don't know who that's going to be, honestly. Well, we'll just get Chris to answer the next comment, which which covers that. And I will say, I saw a, a Joe Arredeveld T-shirt on the eBay for ninety nine p. So um, no, more Gyro, yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Uh, Long-suffering listener Andy the Twat, nineteen ninety-two. The mention of Gallagher is apparent, but we've got similar player in Phillips, who's the same engine. We don't need to splash millions on Connor. Well, I don't think we've got an option on that, really. To be honest, Andy, when we've already got that replacement, give the kid a go. Um, Chris, uh, Ken, Kenny Phillips, have you seen anything of him? I mean, is that is that the answer? What what is the answer? 
other than what Patrick said, which is you know sound advice. Let's just forget about it. I'll be honest, I'm not familiar enough with um, Killian Phillips to comment on whether he can make that step up. We all want to see kids given a chance, and you know that. But if that was going to happen, I would have thought that you'd have, you'd have kind of seen the groundwork laid for that in pre-season, and I haven't felt like that's been what's happening. Um, but you know, that said, if things don't change, I mean, so this game, the midfield for me didn't work as a combination. Um, with this game, you have—I mean—you have to assume that Vieira's played what he, you know, what he decided was his best available set of players and the his preferred system. So he's not going to just switch the system just like that. He might be able to change players, but I mean, I, I can't see. I don't think Vieira's much more of a gambler than Hodgson in, in some respects. In that. Um, yeah, what we are missing, obviously, is Elise. Um, that's that's one option, but that's that's a that's wing. We're talking about centres, you know, central midfield, and I don't feel we've got the depth in that position. I can see us going and buying someone. I think there was another question along those lines, but well, let, yeah, let me just let me just say that then. So, eagle-eyed football, who's the best, most realistic number eight that we can get? I mean, are we started the quick one-word answer? Do you think we're actually going to sign anyone else? I'm, I'm not convinced. I think you're wrong. Yeah, and if I we're going to gone, uh, if we if <laughs> we're going to if we're going to sign anyone, then we won't know who that is. It's not going to be a situation with all the paper talk, you know, and reports for weeks that you know we're linked with this player or that player. There'll be someone we've not heard of, or you know, we're yeah. we're looking at it as that's well, the way Dougie happen? rolls, isn't it? And rightly yeah. so. Yeah, absolutely. Rightly so, because they, yeah. otherwise they get nicked you know, by West Ham. Scott Banks has scored a scored a couple in, in the preseason game. I saw the other day. I mean, yeah. Uh, so you reckon we will get someone else, Patrick? Yeah, I mean, there's been t- tons of links. I mean, there was that there was um, the crazy one with Mariba, who's playing for Red Bull Leipzig. Let me tell you, we got him. If we get Mariba, which I know it kind of died down over the weekend, he's a fantastic box to box. You know, he played. You know, he's uh, he's really, really highly rate uh, rate. He's a, he's a poor Pogba type. He's that good. Um, but you know, Morgan Gibbs White was a shout, but he's going to stay at Wolves because they need him because they're going to have a tough season. And he's going to he want they want what thirty, forty million for him. We can't afford that. But like you guys just said, I trust Dougie to get someone. Listen to Vieira post match. He knows we're still light in midfield, and he, there's no way we're not going to get someone. I don't think it's going to be. Um, someone that we've heard of necessarily out there. I, but I do trust Dougie to get the right person for Vieira. I really do. And uh, if it is Gyro, then that T-shirt will be uh, 99% well spent. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> tea time. So this is a controversial one. And um, I'm going to take the answer on this first, if you don't mind, gents. Anderson, a central defensive midfielder, plays there for Denmark. Richard slides in at centre-back. Um, I heard the... Onboarding interviews with Richards, and I was so impressed, so impressed. Tell a bit about him. I, I mean, I, I'm excited. I'm glad. I'm glad he signed. There's, you know, no side is going to get by with just their number one and number two central defenders. So, you know, it's good that there's an option there. However, Anderson, man of the match, has been amazing, spraying balls left, right, and centre. Works well with Gaye, an excellent combination. I think Hambo said that he probably finally thought it was a better combination than Sacco and Tompkins, which he's often said he thought was the the, the best 
um, defensive pairing that he's ever seen as a Palace fan in 20 odd years. Um, I just don't see them splitting that up. Um, interesting idea. You know, we've, we've gone down this route before where we've had um, Luca in defence. Um, and to, to an extent, they are slightly, in, you know, you can move them around and have defenders as midfielders when needed. But uh, it seems to me tinkering for the sake of tinkering. Um, Mike, do you know who Tea Time is, by the way? Uh, I, I believe he's the, he's the guy from um, YouTube, right? In, in, yeah, he's my, he's that's my, another he's my, reason to go and have a listen on YouTube. Yeah, he's my co-host. That's uh, T. Um, okay. And and by the way, yes, I agree with you, Mike. Chris Richards is going to... Let me just say, when Palace fans see him play, you're going to be surprised how good he is. I'm telling you right now, he's going to be the... He'll probably be the best player that we've got in this window. And I'm not just saying it just to say because he's American. He's a really good player. If he's injury free, it looks like he is because he was, you know, he was um, on the bench on Friday. And like you just said, rightly so, we're going to need more than just Gehi and Anderson for the entire season. Um, they're going to be obviously League Cup games and even games when Gehi and Anderson either aren't playing well or are injured or just came back from international duty. He's a really good player. Um, I can see him also slotting into a back three. And I think that at some point, if we get a new right back, we haven't talked about that, we get a new right back that can actually get up and down the wings a little better. I think we'll see a back three very, very soon. I think that's going to be preferred by Vieira because he has now three central centre-backs that can play um, the style that he wants to play. I think we can. you wouldn't be surprised how good Chris Richards really is. Oh, that's exciting stuff. Uh, yeah, I am excited for that. Okay, um, Chris, I'll let you take on this one from Grumpy Dad. Excellent stuff. Do we need another striker now Ben Take is gone? I think we touched on this, but quick, succinct answer on that. Bad boy. Depends whether we change the way we're playing, and we've only we've only really got the two options. Although we've we've got players who can drop in, I wouldn't be surprised to see another addition. But I, I think with the the way we're trying to do things at the moment as a club, it seems to be uh, buy you know young players and get the value. So it won't be for me. I don't think we'll be buying someone who's a famous you know number nine goal scorer. And do we need one? might feel that way and we may come to regret it at the end of the season but I don't think the club's going to do it and I think we're just going to have to make the players we've got fit the system we have to play uh, maybe that we have to change system but let's see Yeah and I mean similar comment from Leif Anderson's forehead good to have you back sir uh, surely we're going to get another forward in now when Teke is gone um, do, do, do you see us getting another one in Patrick? I do not I like what you said before, Mike. I'd love to give Plange that that chance at the third striker. And then if not him, you got Rob Streak, Victor Akinwale, Adebomi. I mean, yes, they're young, they're teenagers, but honestly, let's give them a chance. I mean, I don't think we need we need another we only need a fourth person. So I'm gonna use Plange as number three if um Mateta and Eduardo are injured, which hopefully won't happen. But I don't think we need another striker. But, okay, that's on Vieira, honestly, if he wants to bring one in. But you're right. A big-name striker, as Chris said, we're not going to put the money on that. So if we're going to put them on a young striker, why even bother when you've already got plunge? And even Ebuwe can play as a forward. He's you know he's done that. And, you know, So I don't think we'll get someone, honestly. I don't think so. I, I think it's, it's more likely midfield. I've got to agree with you on that. Um, we'll finish off uh, one comment from Nick of this parish does producer Sam know where her seat is um, doesn't seem like it because she just comes and stands with us 
um, in the increasingly large throng in A Block. Uh, at some point, I think the whole stand's just going to collapse under the weight of people just standing there. Um, it was great to see a couple of day trippers that are clearly... <laughs> bought tickets uh, in an area they assumed would be a nice evening out and they were absolutely petrified. Uh, so we'll end up with, um, I cannot pronounce your name, uh, but 802 match chr. I, I, I've done you no justice with your, with your Twitter handle there, but thank you very much. Do we give Decor a better fellow central midfielder than Jeff? when we play top six teams. Does Eze need to play eight if we don't pick someone up before the window closes? And he says, personally, I think we played very well. I'm not that concerned other than having to play at Anfield next. Uh, I think we've covered about Eze not being a number eight. But um, yeah, I mean, Decore, a better fellow centre midfielder. Um, it's, It's the gap we've talked about, isn't it? But I, I think Jamie Mack would have done great things against Arsenal. It's exactly the kind of player that they hate playing against. Yeah, and like you said, I think you said before, Mike, how about giving give Gyro a chance? I mean, maybe not against Liverpool, but I mean, what? I feel so bad for Gyro. Can we just give him a chance? Can we give him the, you know, the Edward five, six games and if he's no good, then bin him off? But he can't... What has he done wrong in the last two years? He can't even get like a five-game run in this in our midfield. I mean... I mean, I'm sorry. I love Gyro. I just do. Sorry. Yeah, t- uh, totally agreement. Yeah. Um, a lot, last thought from you, Chris, before you wrap up. Well, you know, uh, I mean, we've obviously, we've obviously got a preview show uh, coming up for the Liverpool game. My thought, you know, based on, on what exactly the points that have just come out of this discussion is, you know, you never know which version of Liverpool is going to turn up, whether it's the one that can beat us 9-0 or the one that, you know, looks really, really angry, and you know, maybe we don't beat them, but we we nab a point. I'm 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 optimistic that if we fine tune, you know, we we can get something out of that game, even though it will be hard. Well, in the words of Prince William, it's the hope that bends you over and pegs you. <laughs> right. Well, thank you very much for listening to the show. And thanks in particular to everyone who got in touch. We do read them, as I said, we can't use them all, but everything we we get helps us create the show and we will get to your comments so thank you very much uh, the preview boys said they're now recording on a wednesday uh, so that should be in your ears thursday ahead of that tricky aforementioned trip to anfield uh, but it is an annoying monday game so uh, we've got that usual problem with the review and the preview fitting in we might have to do a one-off pod that covers both but then we're back to normal after it's home game against villa after that am i right someone help me out yes here. you are yeah. Anyway, a home game of some kind. Um, but yeah, thanks very much. Make sure you uh, subscribe to YouTube. Um, make sure you have a listen on Spotify, etc., etc. Until then, thanks again and up the palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.